Thank you for joining us on our weekly podcast here at Grace Point. We hope you find this message inspirational, encouraging, and challenging. I, I, I got a word for you. I'm, I, I appreciate you clapping, saying that you're happy I'm here. I don't think, to be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, you know, I have to be careful because I'm me, okay? I'm me. I've been in church my entire life. I literally was born, the day I was born, uh, they had a service that night. My mom and dad were pastoring a church in Shady Cove, Oregon. You can go see the, the uh, you know, the manger's still there, right where I was at. And uh, 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 they, they had prayer meeting that night, and, and I was there. And I've been in church my entire life. We had tents, we traveled, we did music, we did two days. We did a revival one time, last one year. We had one day off during the year, did two a days. So being in church is kind of, you know, uh, comes natural to me. Uh, but a lot of church people would never know that, um, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm not super churchy, okay? okay, okay. We, had the, we had the tent, we had the sawdust trail, we had music, people uh, got saved and delivered and set free, and we, we did it all, man. We cast out demons, we, we healed the sick, we, you know, we saw dead people walking around, we've done it all. And, and nothing impresses me more, though, than, than the presence of God. I mean, it's amazing to me that God comes and 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 cohabitates. He, you know, that, that He hangs out with us. That He infuses us. That He, you know, uh, and and isn't it crazy that like when Paul said, "Hey, I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ, who's infusing me with the inner strength." That because of Him, it, it don't make any difference what happens, what situation we're in, what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like. We've got we've got this thing. We've got this thing. I love the fact that that Jesus not only took the keys of sin, hell, death, and the grave, but 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 you know he 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 said, "Give me your armor too." And hell has no defense against a faith-filled believer. And, and so you know to to get out and go out and and just carry life and light and deliverance and freedom in, into our community. And I just I just want to honor you today and thank you because you know what you show up to grow up, right? And and you know I, I realize, like I said, I've been in this my whole life. I know the biscuits are great, the chicken is to die for, but there ain't nothing like these moments. And uh, uh, these moments, I see. I I really think that there's something different about a moment like this because I, I think that God impregnates moments with purpose okay and, and there's a piece of time that, that there's just something dropped in there and, and when we get it it doesn't change us for a minute but but it changes us for eternity and you know and, and opens our eyes to see stuff that we couldn't see before you know it's like revelation you know or a rhema you know when the word of God comes and in, in the form of a word from God and all of a sudden it changes and it's got life and it's got spirit in it. And now I can see stuff I couldn't see before. And what's awesome is that when you can see stuff you couldn't see before, you could go places you couldn't get before. And you can reach stuff you couldn't touch before. And you can accomplish stuff you couldn't even start before. And I'm telling you that this in a moment like this, that God has the ability to do something amazing in our life. So I want to encourage you to just like, hey, just kind of open up for a minute. Maybe, you know, because there ain't nothing new in that book. You know, but we know, you know, you guys know your Bible, uh, Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing. Uh, I was taught it this way. My dad, my dad taught us this way, that faith cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Right. And it here isn't to listen to, but it's to grab hold of a fresh understanding. It is, is, is to change. To, it, it'll change everything. You know, Rama, Rama, Rama changes everything. You know, when, when that word comes a lot, my dad, uh, he was sent home to die with cancer in 1980, 
and he had been through chemo and radiation and they'd burn his heart in half and he had a tube up his nose to feed him and and they sent him home basically hey we've done everything we can do and he's so weak he'd, his head would fall over he had to push it up with his hand and it was hard to watch because he was he was a pretty big man he was a logger prize fighter drill sergeant you know uh he had been through a lot of stuff in life but he had he, you know he, he was a word guy and uh uh, you know, every day of my life, we, we always read a chapter of Proverbs, start the day, every, every day of my life. Uh, he hadn't been that way before I come along, you know, and, and uh, you know, in reality, it was Jesus, but I used to always tell him it was me, and, uh, but uh, he, we would read chapter of Proverbs every day. I don't know what month it was, but it was the fourth day, because he was sitting in that chair, and, and he was reading, and it said, My son, hearken unto my words, let them not depart from thine eyes for their life to those that find them health and healing to all their flesh. And that day, boom, you know, it, it just hit him, health and healing. And uh, he opened up one of his concordances and got to looking at it and found out that that word there in the Greek, it was the same word that we use for the English word medicine. God's word is medicine. And, and he had a revelation. God, God, it's as if God spoke it to him himself and said, hey, don't let this word go because this word is life to you. This is going to be your life. It's going to be your healing. And it's going to be health to all your flesh. And he hollered out to my mom, Velma. And she said, yes. And, and he said, I'm healed. And she said, that's good. And, and, and it was, it, the, let me tell you something, it was not no instantaneous thing. Okay, he had a, an insane process, man, and, and there, were, there were moments as he was, you know, walking that healing part out. There were moments that he wanted to die because, you know, the pain would be bad, and he, he wouldn't want to get out of bed. My mom would stand there and say, oh, that's interesting. I thought you said you were healed. Guess not. And he told me that she, he, the only reason some days that he believed God for that healing was to get out of bed so he could throttle my mother. But, uh, but, but he got up, and 20 years after he was sent home to die, he had planted more churches than most people have been in and he had raised up all kinds of ministries and when he went to be with Jesus it's because he that's he was just ready and and the deal is is that God's word has changed my life okay God's word has changed my life I'm gonna tell you something I've been in thousands of services and I and and I love church I mean you got to hear me I love church I love camp I love oh dude I love camp meeting you know, I, I, I love putting up the tent. I love spreading the sawdust. I love, I love, I love being with people. I love all that stuff. But all of that, that's enjoyable. But nothing has been life-changing except the Word of God. Yes, sir. You know, and that, and that Word connected to one of those moments. I think it's the moment that helps me remember that Word. Because I remember where I was at and who I was with and what we were doing. But boom, it's the word. It's the word. You know, it's uh, uh, David said, you know, in the Psalms 119, he said, uh, in all my affliction, this is the one thing that comforts me. Your word will revive me. So no matter what, no matter what I come up against, no matter what comes up against me, the one thing I've got in, in, in me that I know ain't ever going to change is that your word, even if this thing kills me, your word's going to revive me. Your word's going to breathe life back in me. Your word's going to give that hope back. Your word's going to bring the vision back. And sometimes we, you know, we good little Christians, you know, we've been doing our best, but the reality is, is just like anybody else, we hit a season when we don't see the end that he declared at the beginning. We don't see the promise being fulfilled. We, it don't feel like things are going the way they ought to be going. It, it isn't producing what we thought it was going to produce. And we could use a little bit of reviving because we are, if, if it don't kill us, we're killing something. And, but his word in every situation brings life. His word in every situation brings life.
Okay, and every situation brings life. I actually, I actually am going somewhere, so hang with me. Okay, his word. Every situation brings life. Every situation. I love the fact that we, you know, man, the throwback stuff. Not only did I grow up, you know, I started traveling full time when I was seven, and you know, and just traveling around. I play guitar, and and uh, uh, my sister, she, she was uh, when I was seven, she was nine. She sang. My brother was nine years older. He was only with us a couple of years because as soon as he turned eighteen, he he was out. Uh, but uh, and we went all over the place, and we would play, and we would sing, and we do, you know, we do this stuff, and and uh, and and some of these songs, you know, I, man, I'm seeing faces from the past, and I'm, you know, and it's like, oh, oh, you know, there's Sister Perkins. I can remember when she used to love that song, and and uh, and, and she didn't sing them; she howled them, and and, uh, uh, and, and you know, and I, all of these memories, and, and it's like it's flooding, right? But we're we're in here and we're singing, you know, we're standing on holy ground, you know, and, 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 and I know that the presence of God is in this place, okay, in this place, and I, and I like words, okay, I, lo- I love words, and holy, holy, you know, there's all, you know, sanctified, set apart, but the, I think the best definition of the word holy is other than, right, other than, because God's holy, he's other than any other power, any other being, any other source, there ain't nothing like him, and that makes him holy, he, yeah, he's set apart, he's sanctified, he, you know, he's holy, he's pure, he's clean, got it, but he's other than, and see, and we're standing on holy ground. So in other words, this ground ain't like any other ground anywhere, right? Uh, th- this is a holy place. This is a holy place. This ain't like a normal place. Now, it, it, you, you know, dude, it's a building. It's got walls. It's got a ceiling. It's got carpet. You know, it's got stuff. And, and we, we even get to the point that we can look around this holy place sometimes and see everything that we wish was different and we'd like to change that. Well, that's aesthetics, but, but let's just for a minute, let's just for a minute recognize that this is a holy place, that there ain't no other place like this place, okay? That this, is, this, is, this is the place that God has chosen to place his name, right? This is the place that we come to, and we come together in one place, right? One mind, one accord. So we're in this place and God's going to do something and there's something awesome about this place. Okay, there's something awesome about this place. I love your pastor. He's a, and I can tell he's going to be a deep spirited friend. Okay, we're going to build great relationship. It's going to be awesome. But really, what is? It's not really though him, but it's the purpose of God for this place, and God the, and God's using him to you know to to get us to the place so that we use the place for the purpose of the place that was intended when God decided that, to put His name on the place, right? And, and see, I I love what God's doing in my life, but I realize that it's God doing it. You know, I, I'm going to tell you something. I tried healing a grapefruit one time couldn't even get a bruise off that sucker you know and but God moving in us with a purpose right because you know Jeremiah 1 5 when he said hey before I formed you I knew you and I sanctified you and I ordained you that speaks as if God had a dream about the future and he saw you in it and so he started forming you to fit in the place that he was going to put you and he sanctified you or made you different from anybody else. And then he ordained you or gave you the authority to fulfill, not your dream, his dream. Yeah. And, and, you know, so, you know, how you doing? Well, I'm living the dream. Well, I'm living his dream, oh right? Because I've tried my dream. It was a nightmare. His dream's awesome, exactly. right? And so he has this purpose. He has this, he has this, 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 this picture, uh, you know, uh, when, when it said in Isaiah that at, at, at the beginning, he declared the end. At the beginning, he declared the end, he, you know, uh, and, and uh, sometimes I think in the middle, you know, I think that's why so many marriages in America are in trouble, because right in the middle, they assume we're over, 
They, they declare we're finished. Well, you weren't done yet, just in the middle. Proverbs 14, 12 says that there's a way that seems right to you, but the end is the way of death. Well, that's not a good thing, okay? The end, the end is, it ain't going to be producing any life. But God declared an end that's filled with life. So there's a way that seems right to you, but what we do is we hyper-focus on the way. See, we're all about the way. Even in this place, this is a holy place. We got all messed up, you know, fuzzed up, kind of like a kitten. You know, get all fuzzed up because we, we think the way it should be done. And it really has little to do with anything. We get all bothered by the way we think it should be. Well, it seems to me, well, that's going to, you seem are going to kill you. It, you know, it seems to me like we ought to do this. Or, or I think, and, and frankly, Scarlett, it don't matter what you're thinking. Because uh, uh, that's, not, that's not the issue. He's, he's, what we need to learn to do is focus on the end that he's declared and allow him to direct the way instead of us to hyper-focus on the way and to get distracted and miss the end, okay? We end up missing the end that he declared at the beginning, and what happens is we end up in the wrong place, right? I think that's, that's really basically what sin is, is to miss the mark, to be in the wrong place, right? See, we are in one place, and we agree that this is a holy place, Okay, this is a holy place. This is holy ground. There's, you know, there's something about this place. God's is in this place. His name is on this place. But yet we're in this place, but every one of us in a different place. Right? Mentally, relationally, financially, spiritually, emotionally. We are all over the place. Okay, we are all over the place. But if we could line up and, and recognize that, hey, sometimes, sometimes all of that stuff is just a sideshow distraction. That, that, that messes with us so that we miss the power that, you know, that this moment that's impregnated with purpose, man, this moment is impregnated with purpose. You brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. You know, you, you're, on, you're at this place, and God's got a purpose for you in this place. And, but, but a lot of times, you know, the problem, the problem, anytime something's impregnated, well, that means that there's going to be labor involved. And a lot of us, a lot of us, what we end up doing is aborting that thing when the labor starts. And, and so then we don't, we don't eat, we don't connect, we don't collide with the end that God had in mind. Because, you know, well, well, if God was in it, it would be easy. Ask somebody who walked with him. You know, any time Jesus took his guys anywhere, they're going to have a storm. Somebody's going to try to kill them. Something bad's going to happen. They're going to end up in prison. We act as if God's in it, that, 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 that it shouldn't take any effort. But it's like we forget the book. We know the book, but we don't want to actually apply the book. Because the Bible says a dream cometh through a multitude of business and painful effort. And so if God had a dream and he saw where you fit and he started shaping you to fit that dream, and he orchestrated your life. Remember when David said, I look behind me and I can see you were there. You know, I, in the middle of that thing, in the middle of that thing, you know, I would have swore there was no God anywhere. But, but at, now I look back and I realize, oh, God, you used even what the enemy intended for evil. God, you turned it. You used it for good. You have brought me to the very place that I need to be and had a collision with all this great stuff because it, what the enemy intended for evil, God turns it and uses it for good. And, and now here we are, and we're in this place. But, it, it, you know, I'm telling you that if God had a dream, he, he's the guy that, you know, authored the book. He's the guy that wrote. But the dream comes with a multitude of business and painful effort. Jesus said, hey, the, the narrow, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. 
right? So the way to life is not easy. It's difficult. And so what we got to do is kind of like get over ourselves a little bit and realize that, hey, we might actually have to work. We might actually have to endure as painful effort, but there's much business. But if we get this thing right, we'll see God's dream fulfilled right from this place, right from this place, right from this place, right from this place. I love it when John the Baptist, well, I don't love the fact that he had been beheaded, but it's, it's, you know, remember when John the Baptist had been beheaded and, and Jesus heard about it and he, and he got on a boat and it says, and he headed to a solitary place. Do you want the scripture reference? Do, do you do that or can I just like roll? Okay, I'm just going to roll. If you want the references, I'll give them to you. But, but uh, it's just easier for me uh, to just like, okay, I preach like a cross-eyed javelin thrower. Okay, we have no idea where this is going, but I'm going to make several points. Okay, um, uh, Jesus got into a boat and headed to what he called a solitary place. Okay, he's headed for a solitary place. But the people had heard that Jesus was headed there. And so they went on foot and they beat him there. And he's looking for a solitary place. But when he got there, it wasn't a solitary place. It was a crowded place. And he steps out onto a, into a crowded place and he sees all of this need and there's sickness and there's, there's suffering and, there's, and it says, and he cured all their sick right? And so he's looking for a solitary place. He gets there. It's a crowded place. Not only is it a crowded place, but it's kind of a sickly place. But he also caused it to become a healing place. Right. And, and then the disciples came and, and they literally said, this is like it, right there. He's looking for a solitary place. He sees their sick. He heals their sick. And the disciples, the followers, the, the crew, they said, this is a dry and desolate place. Okay. Now he's just healed all their sick. Yeah, he's doing amazing things. And there's like, this is a dry and desolate place. Better send these people away because they're hungry. They had no idea whether anybody was hungry or not. They weren't worried about the people. They were hungry. Okay, they were hungry. They were still thinking about themselves and, and, and they get rid of the people. And that's, isn't it odd? It's weird to me. I've been in church my whole life, and that's what we gather to do is to gather people, to ele you know, bring people in, elevate people. But yet, if we're not intentional, we reach the spot where, hey, send the people away so that you can deal with what I want. There's something in me that, that, I, that I think needs to be fed. Would you please send those people away so that, so that you, you, you could be with me? And, and, but but that, that's not the intention. That's not the purpose. That's not the culture of heaven. It's not, you know, the way, you know, when he said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts, we can prove that, can't we? Uh, you know, uh, he, you know and, and he's like, don't, we're not sending the people anywhere. You, you know, you don't send them away. You guys feed them. And, and remember, he said, uh, you feed them and don't make them leave. And they said, we ain't got nothing. Yeah. Okay, we, we, we ain't got anything. We got, we got one Lunchable. Yeah. Okay, and, uh, we, and we have to steal that from a little boy. And he said, okay, bring it here. And, and he had the people recline. I, lo I love some of the different versions because they had the crowd recline. And I just want to say this to you, that if you're not engaged in serving, if you are reclining, you're not part of the committed, you're part of the crowd. Okay, just, just want to throw that out there, and that might be something that you're going to repeat to somebody else. Okay, I don't know. Maybe, surely none of this applies to any of us. Because, you know, I, I, I grew up in church my entire life, and I have great friends that were right there with me. They've been in all these services, too. It was, the weird thing is they've never heard one message that actually applied to them. Okay, but let's, so that probably wasn't for any of us. But, but, you know, you don't want to be part of the crowd. You want to be part of the committed.
Okay. I mean, there's a day or two that you can be part of the crowd, but it ought to be a day or two. Right. I mean, it's a day or two. And then all of a sudden you show up and you grow up and you and you start, you know, and you and you lean in. Right. You just lean. You get going. And, we're, and they don't send those people away. And he takes that lunchable. And, and and we we know and there's all kinds of marvelous messages because he took it and he prayed and he thanked and he broke it. And it, well, the thing I think is awesome is that he handed it right back to the guys that said we ain't got nothing and made them feed in the neighborhood of 20,000 people with it. And then, they, and then there was, you know, the baskets, the leftovers. I mean, it's not weird that Jesus, in search of a solitary place, wound up at a crowded place that was a very sickly place that became a place, a healing place that they de- described as a dry and desolate place that he caused to become a place of abundance. And so you would think that right about now, okay, these guys, they got it, uh, uh, and he's feeling pretty good about that because there ain't no way that you could be at this place and not see what this place is going to do. And, and so he says, okay, let, let's go, let's head, let's, you guys get in the boat, I'll meet you out there. And he went back and dealt with the crowd. He sent the crowd away. He went to a solitary place. He prays, and then he goes out to meet them on the water. And they've got Evan Rood, and he's got Reebok, and he's going to pass them now. Okay, and he's walking on the water, and, and the seas are tossing around. Remember the story? The seas are tossing, the wind is blowing, the boat's bouncing, and they see Jesus coming, and, and it says that they were gripped with fear. You know what I think is interesting? Is that it's not the storm that has us nervous. It's the, it's, it's the entrance of the presence. Here comes Jesus, and they freak out. You know, it's like uh, it's like okay, we're going to complain about that, but here's what's really got us nervous: that God would show up and start telling us what to do in the middle of this. Because all of a sudden, now we're not going to get to do it our way no more. And Peter, remember, he says, he he says, "Hey, if it's really you, bid me to come." And and Peter probably just you know he just blurted that out. I'm sure because that's Peter. And and Jesus don't even hesitate. Come, and 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 he gets out and he begins to walk on the water. I mean, dude, this is amazing because Jesus, who was headed for a solitary place, ended up at a crowded place. It was a very needy place. It became a very abundant place. It was a dry, desolate place to some, but it became the place of amazing superabundance. And, and then then now we're in a stormy place. But it's a place where I heard God, and it's a place of obedience, and, and now it's a miraculous place. But he began to sink, because, and we know why, because he began to look at this place, and he forgot about the presence, right? He, he, he forgot who was with him, and he started looking at where he was. It was where he was became more focused than who he was with. And, and, you know, because God's always leading us in the battles we couldn't possibly win. He's always given us problems we couldn't possibly solve. He's putting us in situations we couldn't possibly afford. But, but it's his presence. It's his presence, right? It's, this is a holy place. Ain't no place like this place. Ain't no place like this place. And, and, and he begins to sink, and, and, and he cries out, Jesus, save me. And immediately Jesus is there, and, and he got, walks him back to the boat, which I think is amazing because he, you know, he, he didn't sink. He began to sink. He ends up back of the boat. How did he get there? It was not a piggyback ride. Okay? He walked that sucker out. You know, and there's another little thought that the thing that you start for God, he's probably going to have you finish it. Yeah. 
Because there's something about finishing stuff. There's something about finishing stuff that's kind of important to God. And Daniel 11 to 32 says the people that know God, they're strong and they do exploits, right? And, and, and King James exploits is in italics, which means that it ain't in the original text. So what it really says is the people that know their God are strong and do. Well, that's an interesting statement to me. So I decided to look up the word do. What does that mean? To fulfill, to complete, to bring to an end. So the people who know their God finish what they started. Why? Because that's God-like. Because the Bible says that we're confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. That he, he ain't going to cave in, give up, and quit. So if you're going to be godlike, you're going to finish what you started. You're going to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. So it's important that you do what you started. Matter of fact, most of the time, it, what you do isn't the issue. It's how you do it. He, he, in Matthew 6, when it said, seek first the kingdom of right, or, or seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, amplified, his way of doing. So it's his way of doing. It's not even so much what you're doing, but it's how you're doing it because you're supposed to be doing it his way. And, and if we would just do something for the kingdom, which means we have to finish it, right? I think the Bible even says that whatsoever you do will prosper. Not whatsoever you start, not whatsoever you hang around, but what you complete, bring to completion, fulfill, that that thing is going to prosper. And so here's Jesus, and he's going to make him finish the trip. And he get, puts him in a boat, and he makes that powerful statement, O ye of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And, you know, those are great things, too. I'm sure you know this, but, you know, little faith, that word little is puny in stature, or, or is puny in duration, not puny in stature. So he wasn't talking about the size of his faith. He was talking about the length of it. Yeah. So you had this moment of faith, but then you, you allowed the place to change you instead of realizing, I just taught you guys, that the place doesn't change you, but you change the place. Okay, you have the power to change the place, see? So God could be able to lead you any place. I think he said every place, the sole of your foot tread, I'm going to give you. So it ain't about the place, but it's about the presence you carry into the place. Okay, so it's, it's about, okay, because we got we to align with God. We got to partner with God. We got to agree with God, right? Right? We got to agree with God. He has shown you, oh man, what is good, to do just, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Well, how are you going to walk with somebody? How can two walk together except they be agreed? So you're going to have to agree with God, which means that, hey, you know, okay, anyways, another message. But he speaks to you, wherefore didst thou doubt? The word doubt is a very cool word. It means second thought. So why did you give it a second thought? You heard what I said. You should stand on my word because the, the truth of the matter is, is no word from God will ever fail. That's in Luke. No word from God will ever fail. God said, my word will not return into me void without accomplishing the very purpose for which I sent it forth to accomplish. God don't say stuff just to hear himself speak. He's, man, his word is live and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and is able to cut asunder and divide between soul and, and spirit. Man, I'm telling you, God's word is amazing. Hello, somebody. I said, God's word is amazing. Why'd you doubt? Why'd you doubt? And, and, and so think about it. So Jesus, who started, it, 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 he was headed to a solitary place, and then he ends up a, a, just an insanely crowded place, and it was a very sick place, so it became a healing place. And then they said it was dry and desolate place, and it was an empty place, a barren place, but it became a, a abundant place and a, and, a, and a provisional place. And then it, we got ourselves into a stormy place, but it became a peaceful place because when Jesus got it back to the boat, immediately storm was calm. It's a peaceful place. It's a peaceful place. So I just got a couple things I want to say. This is a holy place. 
God has a purpose for this place. God has a purpose for this place, and he's bringing people to this place. He's bringing people to this place. And, 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 and you know, if you're going to be part of the committed, not part of the crowd, guess what you're going to do? You're going to serve those jack wagons. Because guess what? Those people that are coming, they ain't holy. They just like everybody else. Then, you know, you and I, you know, if we can spend time in his presence, we, if we get devoted there and if we, if we get plugged in there and if we get surrendered there, he'll do a work in us and we, we too will become other than. The, but, but that means we can't be like the crowd, right? Because other than, we ain't, we're, we're not going to be the people that everybody's running around serving. We're going to be the ones serving everybody. We're going we're gonna to be pouring our life into these people because God's going to do a work in them. He's going to do a work in them. And, and, and in the middle of that, there's going to be moments when we think, man, it's this. You know what, man? When you're serving the people, when you're elevating the people, it can seem like a dry and barren place. But don't you ever forget that that very same place that you described as dry and barren, God is able at any moment to, to take your Lunchable and do a miraculous. It, this, it's a miraculous place. And it might be a stormy place, but it's also a peaceful place. If you don't let the place change you, but you use the presence in you to change the place. Man, you, you got you to use the presence that's in you to change the place. See, one of my favorite thoughts recently is this, that God didn't, he didn't reach you just to reach you. But he reached you to reach through you. And that there's, there's something about this place that has a mark on it, a, a, an anointing on it that has your name on it. I mean, if you'll come out on a Thursday morning to, to you know, to, to hang out on a Thursday, and, and what is it, like 147 degrees outside, and, and, and you know, and you take time out, and, and you carve it out, and you, and, and you press into his presence, don't think for a minute that he's doing this because you're hungry. See, because we have this mindset that this is, oh, man, I'm going to get in here because I need something. Well, yeah, I need something from God, but not for me. Not for him, no, because God's going to do something in this place, in this place. And, you know, you look around, you're thinking, well, why isn't this place full of people? This is, a, this, this is, a, this is an empty place. No, 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 no. This, this is a moment impregnated with purpose by God to have you collide with something that has the ability to change this place. Let's not miss this. Let's not miss what God's plan is, what his dream is, to do through this place, in and for and through, amongst and by the people of this place. This place, this place. Man, you are called to God, anointed of God, empowered by God. And it's going to be amazing what God can do through you in this place. I just want to pray for you. Father, I just thank you that this is a holy place. God, this is a place like no other place. And God, we are a people... That, well, you've called us your holy people. There's something about us that, that you and the Spirit of God have, have, have recognized on us, and you've caused us to be in this place at this time. God, that we might have a collision with purpose and destiny. And I pray for the people of this place. And God, I know, I know that there's needs represented here, but I also know, God, that, that, that as we press in to hear the word of God, that you cause those things to, to, to be handled, to be taken care of, that you do for us, that if we seek your way of doing it, you handle all those other things. 
God, thank you that while we've been here right now, that you've already been at work. You're meeting needs. You're calling you know, kids that are running crazy back to the kingdom of God. You're causing strength to come to weakened bodies. You're causing hope to come to places that hope has been leaking out. But God, you are refilling, restoring, renewing, refreshing, and reviving today. We thank you that your word is the thing that we cling to in the midst of all of our afflictions. Your word revives me. So revive us today. And God, use us as an instrument. Use us. Use us, God, in this place. God, I just declare over this place a, 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 a new freedom. Lord, a, 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 a level of breakthrough that this place may have never never seen before. And God, not because I'm praying it, but God, I sense it's your heart for this place. That there would be something attractive about this place that, that people that we don't know, that we, we, we don't even know where they came from, but they're going to wander into this place. God, help us be prepared and ready and to, and to recognize that you're doing something in this place that can only be done in this place. And we'll give you the praise and the glory for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us this week. For more information about Grace Point Church, or if you would like to contact us, please visit www.pascochurch.com.